You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. Welcome to the next episode of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour. I am the Commissioner, Glenn Gordon, and of course with me is the most racially diverse gaming cast on the internet today, beginning of course with the original himself, Mr. Ben Sterling. How are you, Ben? Oh, I'm, I'm really good, thank you. And how are good. you today? I'm pretty well, just uh, sitting here um, hosting the next episode of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour, of course. Wait, 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 race... No, that, that can't be right. Wait, what? What's wrong? I thought I was here to host Unchained today. Oh, was that today? Oh, okay. Yeah, it seems our paths have crossed, young... Young Padawan. <laughs> PlayStation or one. Oh uh, no! Okay, I'll just I'll just go sit in the back by myself then. All right, so I'll okay. oh, say it's all right. I'll say Gary in a little bit. If I okay, you're okay. fine. Um, all right. So, so as you just heard, everyone, this is episode forty-four of PlayStation Unchained. Um, I hope everyone's doing well. In fact, we've got sadly Mike could not be here this week because he is on a nice summit. Sunaholic words. <laughs> He's in a nice. He's on a nice summer holiday. I there we can't go. remember where. He's just somewhere, just not here. Um, but instead, we've got the amazing Commissioner Gordon with us this week. Well, Absolutely. Good uh, to see. Well, not see you guys. I can't see you at all, can I? We but can good see. To hear you. We can see the picture. There you go. You can see my picture. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so, how's your week been? My week's been pretty good. I've uh, been getting started at work and, and writing reviews and looking forward to a bunch of stuff that was announced at E3. And it's 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 a good time. It's a good time to be a gamer. I've heard that review is a little bit interesting. Yeah, yeah. It'll it'll be out this weekend. Good, good. And Gary, you're here as well. Welcome to this week's Unchained. Thanks, Ben. I'm so glad to be here. It's so good to have you here. Uh, it's, it's good to have the RDGH crowd here. It, we're awesome. <laughs> we're In, everywhere. Invasion. Uh, so, uh, how's your week been, Gary? Uh, it's been stressful and good now because I'm on a four-day weekend. But other than that, it's been it's been all right. I would say. I heard you got Dragoon on Fantasy Fourteen. Yes, I am a dragoon. Oh, and that is awesome. I don't, awesome. Know, I don't know what that means. You don't know what a dragoon is? No. Final... Nope. Second. They're like... You know the jump ability that Final Fantasy has? The you what? Jump well, you jump in the air, and then like the next turn he lands and hits the guy. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's what the dragoon is. Uh, Final oh. Fantasy IV was the first one that introduced the dragoon. Kane was was a dragon. Yeah, it's a pretty cool class. Okay. I I actually love Dragoon Eleven because you had a pet dragon. I want a pet dragon. Yeah, it was a pet little pet wyvern. It used to follow you about and do elemental moves based on your attacks. Nice. Yeah, it was awesome. 
but it was broken when it first came out because it would actually steal the XP of the rest of the party members, so the XP would be less. That's, <laughs> that's not cool at all. Well, especially as it didn't level up anyway, so it didn't really matter. It's yeah. cool when you're trying to troll everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it didn't have a level up system, so it, it just stole the XP for no reason. It just because it can. <laughs> I don't like the sound of this. Well, yeah, that's why dragoons were rarely invited to parties. Same with yeah. beastmasters. <laughs> I wouldn't invite them to my party. That's rude. I'd be like, no, you'll you'll take everything. No. That's the whole point. <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll talk a bit more about this later. Um, so let's get right onto the news. Well, we don't actually have much to talk about this week, so it'll probably be a quite a small unchained. Which is probably everyone's going, yes, woohoo, less, less Britishness, but it's okay, we'll be back <laughs> to a longer thing once there's more news. Um, first, we'll start off with Destiny Alpha had um, the statistics, statistics, the statistics, see, I can't say words tonight, words, words just, woo, they're away. <laughs> um, basically, Bungie Shotes announced all the crazy numbers of things that are numbers that have happened over the weekend. Well, and the extra couple of days because of the whole e- uh, the whole uh, E3 codes as well. Um, here are some of the crazy numbers. Um, 4 million heavy weapon kills. 21 million secondary weapon kills. 149 million primary weapon kills. And 6 million, 6.4 million, nearly 6.5 million in fact, games played. Wait a second, this was just the alpha? Yeah, just the alpha. Not even the beta. Getting yeah. the, getting numbers like that, that's crazy. Yeah. And supposedly there was too many dance parties to actually physically count. Well, that's not surprising. Yeah, because I did one, I did all that all the time. <laughs> um, so yeah, oh, and in the PvP, 6.8 million control points were captured. Um, so yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, and also, for those that liked that amazing quote that will become a meme it will become a meme of course um, in the alpha there was a first mission where you fight a wizard uh, just before you just while you're fighting the wizard you actually get a little a message saying oh we thought we contained those wizards that wizard's from the moon uh, <laughs> you can now buy a t-shirt that is actually their best selling item now which, for a limited edition run, isn't doesn't make much sense. No. Their best ever selling limited edition. What? What? That's... Why? Uh, uh-huh. uh Anyway, the good thing about that, though, is all the money that's... That Any time you buy that t-shirt, the money goes to charity as well, so... Oh, that is pretty sweet. Um, anyway... The, do we know which charity they send it to? The Bungie Foundation. The Bungie Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. So we can get more exclusive content. (laughs) Seems legit. Seems Seems legit legit to me. Well, every time you, if you, every time you download Unchained, money goes to the Chili Foundation, where where I I learn a new word. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Glenn, what's your impressions on these these amazing numbers? Um, I think they're pretty cool. They reflect just how big Destiny is. Otherwise, they sound rather meaningless. Um, it, it sounds kind of like what Microsoft did 
uh, some time ago just to kind of show that, hey, we're still in the game. They, they released, hey, you know, um, this many people have, these many people have been, you know, killed or whatever, and this many people have done this or that. And it's, it, it's really unconsequential. It, it doesn't matter. Um, no one, no one, it, it's cool, but it just, it's just not a big deal. Um, so I'm looking for more important figures as in, you know, when, how many people are going to be, um, I'm trying to put my words together. I'm trying to think about this so that I don't sound like a complete idiot. (laughs) That's my job. (laughs) What I'm saying is that these figures are, are cool, but they don't really mean all that much. Um, in the context of the game, um, I think there's no secret that Destiny's going to be successful. Um, it's definitely going to be big for the PlayStation 4. Sony is doing its best to make sure of that. And I just don't think that this means a whole lot. I just think all this means is that Destiny's going to be a very big game. Uh, and Glenn, what's your opinion on this? I mean, Gary. Um, well, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to put my words together so I don't sound like an idiot, but... Um, <laughs> You know, I don't think that this means much. I think that it's... <laughs> okay. Hey, Gary, what's your opinion? Yeah, um, I kind of agree with Glenn on this one. Surprise, we agree, Glenn. <laughs> For the first um, time ever. I know. Uh, numbers to me, honestly, don't really matter. The only number that matters to me is how many people are playing. That that that's really all that matters. I don't care how many bullets were fired. I don't care how many guys enemies were killed, and with what weapon. Um, other than that, the T-shirt thing is pretty cool. You know, uh, limited edition T-shirts are always fun because they're limited. Supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly, yeah. But uh, I don't like the, even the T-shirt. Like just looking at the T-shirt, it just reminds me too much of Borderlands. Which is not a bad thing to me. Well. To some people, it might be, but <laughs> other than that, yeah, like just just the numbers, they're they're cool to put out there, but do it when the final game comes out and tell us the numbers in the first week or something. But yeah, yeah. Bungie's yeah. been the same though. To be honest, they did the same with Halo with their beaters, and yeah, Bungie's always giving out the statistics at the end of either alphas or beaters. Yeah, I mean, I can go into a game right now and just hold the fire button with a heavy machine gun and let it count how many bullets I fire. Doesn't mean I shot at anything. Just because I shot. Numbers! <laughs> to me, it's not as impressive as people might think. Um, the millions number, but that could have been from like 10 people, as far as we know. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of kills with primary weapons, a bunch of this, a bunch of this. It's still impressive for an alpha, and especially considering the fact that the alpha was only launched on one system. Um, I think that's pretty significant, but I don't see these numbers making a difference or really dictating the success of the game. Well, we've got some more Destiny news. This actually makes me feel a bit angry. A bit angry! No! Slight rage! Uh, Destiny's PlayStation exclusive content won't land on Xbox until at least fall 2015. Now, everyone's here saying, why is he angry about this? But I'll carry on. Basically, Amazon had listed the the, uh, exclusive content for the PS4, which is an exclusive map, which is a PvP map, Mm -hmm. a strike mission, and gear, which is two pistols, three ships, three pieces of armor, one for each class. Right. Uh, 
basically, I am angry. It basically said it will be exclusive, supposedly, to the PS4 until fall 2015. And okay. I think this is wrong. I think this is very, very wrong. Why is this very, very wrong? Because by the time of fall 2015, you're not going to need those weapons. Uh, you probably won't need that raid because you're going to have better stuff. And you won't need those ships unless you want the looks. You won't need that gear because you'll have better stuff. Right. The only thing out of this that they'll be excited for at all, if anything, is the competitive map. Which I'm sure by 2015 there'll be new maps and people will be, you know, go, oh, okay. I, I, I have nothing against exclusive stuff between platforms. I think it, it's a good way of a selling point, Savvy. It is a good selling point. But at the same time, I don't think it should be that long. I would be a very big hypocrite if I wasn't pissed off at this because I was pissed off at the GTA 4 and Skyrim and stuff. Right. So, I think it should be a month exclusivity at max. Well, it's... I don't know about that because the way PlayStation and... Um... Bungie have been marketing this, they've really been putting this off as a PS4 first game. And so um, I think it's going to depend on what those maps and missions come with. I, I think the danger is there, as you're saying, of having the exclusive content become outdated. Um, that's definitely a real danger there. You know, eventually no one will care about it, whatever. But um, the fact that they're doing this, the fact that there is content that only PS4 gamers can have. By the time it comes to the Xbox, yeah, I don't think that many people would, would care about it. I don't think that... I think that, uh, just like you said, I think that there will be other stuff out there for them to enjoy. But um, the way Microsoft and Sony have been, have been doing this has been really great for PlayStation. Um, they, in fact, to the point where Sony said that this is... they expect this to move units for PlayStation. And um, while this doesn't really bode well for X. It, it just doesn't... I just don't think that it's that bad an, an idea for them to have. Um, definitely more than... Definitely less than the amount of time they're saying, but I think a month is too short for um, for the exclusive content if this is going to be like a big PS4 first game like they're saying it is. I guess, but it just it just feels dirty. It feels dirty, yeah, it, I agree. I feel dirty. Uh, Gary, what, what do you think? I think it's completely pointless, uh, to tell you the truth. Um, I don't, like, the exclusive content stuff, like, you look at it, and it's, to me, it's all pointless stuff. It's just skins. I mean, you don't really do much with the ships you get. They just look different. Weapons, maybe, but like you said, I'm pretty sure you'll find better weapons, like, halfway through the game, if even that. You'll probably be able to craft better weapons. To me, the, the, the one PvP map, Okay, it depends on how great the PvP is, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really think that the I really think that the weapons thing is the greatest danger because you don't want to unbalance things. Like you don't want any special weapons out there for one group of people that another group of people can't get because that makes the game unfair. So I think that's the biggest thing I'm worried about. Um, but if it's mostly skins and stuff, then yeah, whatever. No, not, but with the not weapons, the game is a cross-platform anyway, so you wouldn't have an advantage over those then because they can't play with you anyway. Yes, yeah, not cross-platform. So there's no issue with that, but 
It's just the fact that by the time those that say those weapons come out next year, chances are anyone who's been playing it will have a lot better weapons. Mm -hmm. uh, so what's the point of those weapons? Yeah. Well, probably just to be different. <laughs> my, my, and, my whole... and considering the fact that it's not cross-platform, it might not even matter to other gamers to begin with. Yeah, my whole beef with it is, it is they spend so much money in the advertising and all that for Sony that the exclusive content to me is very underwhelming for what's supposed to be the best experience on the PS4 or on PlayStation, I should say. You know, like, we've had exclusive content with Assassin's Creed that was pretty boring and bland. Watch Dogs exclusive content, bland, boring. Like, all these exclusive content things, they're just very underwhelming. Like, they're very un underdeveloped things, in my opinion. And I don't know how great this PvP... I get, Actually, you know what? I guarantee you, this one PvP map... Is going to be the only map that people will not even want to play in. Probably going to be the worst PvP map. No, see, I think you're, I think you're going too far there. I, I don't think it's going to be the worst. I think that they have the common sense enough not to release something bad and just say, hey, you know, this is, this is it for for your, your exclusive content. I, I don't think with all the care that they're taking and uh, pulling it off so far, it doesn't make sense to me that they would put such a magnificent oversight out there. Yeah. I don't know. To, to me, if, if they're going to do exclusive content, do like a whole new planet to explore. You know, a, more raid, different raids, you know, different like dungeon type missions that other people won't be able to get. Well, there is that moon mission, right? I not not the moon, uh, Mars. Mars, yeah. You can't do the you can the co-op mission exclusive to PS4. Yeah. So, so, so they are they are doing stuff like that. See, that's to me exclusive content. Yeah, that's what they're doing. But other things like the skins and I don't know. To me, it's just it's not going to make me want to buy one version over the other because of that. Well, the skins are just kind of like it's not like the skins are the star of the show, you know. I mean, well, you got a full armor set and full weapon set, so they'll have different stats. Yeah, it, it's not like it's not like things like skins are the star of the show. You, you get a bunch of other stuff too. It's it's. Just that the skins are part of the package. Well, I don't know. So it's, like, it's not like you would buy. It's not like you would buy the whole thing just for some skins. You'd buy it for the the extra map. You'd buy it for the um, goodness the other armor sets, the other weapon sets. You'd buy it for the white PS4 if that's what you're going for. You know. Well, I, I would have bought it for the white PS4. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have a PS4, I'd get that bundle. Exactly. <laughs> But yep. um, you, you buy it for a lot more things than just one. It, it, it's it's a whole package. No, I, I, I like my consoles black. <laughs> yeah, I, I like my. I don't understand the whole thing with white consoles because it's totally in reverse when the white console comes out first. Like, look at the Wii. The Wii came out in white in North America, and no one had a problem until a black one showed up, and all of a sudden the black one looks so good. And meanwhile, all the other consoles are black, and then they make a white one, and it's like, oh, a white console. <laughs> well, Glenn, I can yeah. answer this for you. Yeah. I, can, I can solve this mystery. Yeah. People want what they can't have. have. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I bet you as soon as the white PS4 side. comes out, someone will ask, oh, I kind of want a pink one now. Yeah. Or I want a 
uh, uh, one, one that glows or one that I can see through. Alright, all right, a red Ew, one. Oh no. I don't want to see through PS4. I, I would. I, I love. I used to love those see through controllers. Mm, well, I like the see through controllers. I would love I would, a see through PS4. Make I would me want one, a whole see through PS4. Make me one. I, in fact, one of my favorite controllers was um, for my PS3 was by Penguin, and it was see-through and it had lights on the inside that oh, changed that is, color. That is amazing. Yeah, I really liked that one. Anyway, but, Sony, before we change from the Destiny topic, yeah, make me a clear PS4, Sony. Make, make it for me. Just, just for him. <laughs> just for me, because, because <laughs> that's enough. Okay, let's go to this this topic that makes me feel very sad, as I am sad. Uh, the PS Vita will see fewer first-party games in the future in favour indie support. Uh, basically, people there was a question. Yeah, people asked um, Yoshida questions recently about well, there was an interview with Yoshida about the Vita, um, and he was saying the fact that in the future there's chances are there would be more indie games. Now then there will be first party tiles. And although I love I love my indie tiles, I'm not gonna say that they're bad. In fact I think a lot of indie tiles are almost if not better than AAA tiles sometimes. Like look at Minecraft. That was that's technically still an indie title, but look at that. Um and look at Velocity, that is one of the best even if it has it just because it has no name in it, one of the best games ever. Um and I'm looking forward to the next Velocity game, and that's an indie game still. But at the same time, I would like my first party titles to balance the difference between small titles and big titles. Because right. there's still a market for it, in my opinion. Uh, Gary, what, what's your opinion on this? <laughs> um, I know Gwen and I are really going to disagree on this one, but uh, I think... Sony, in my opinion, is pretty much turning the Vita into a peripheral at this point. I think with them, the, the, the one company that should be supporting the big AAA titles on the Vita to show what it can do is the one that's pretty much abandoning that, that concept now and going with the more Vita title or indie titles, which is fine in a, to a point, but the thing about indie titles is probably... 90% of them that are going to come out are also going to be on the PS4 and probably the PS3 as well. So the way I see it, you're pretty much just turn the Vita into a remote play device it is, is what it's really left with. Um, I'm hoping that some third-party publishers will and developers will still go with the, uh, the big AAA titles. But, you know, the absence of Final Fantasy Type-0 for the Vita is another one of those well, why not the Vita issue, you know? So, I don't know. To me, it just, it just seems like they, they've pretty much given in to the fact that the Vita is not what they wanted it to be. It's pretty much a remote play device for them, in my opinion, now. And, Glenn, what is your opinion on this? Um, I think it makes sense that there are going to be more indie titles than uh, AAA titles. Um, because if you think about it, indie titles are extremely plentiful. There are indie titles everywhere, and in comparison, there are just aren't very many um, huge AAA studios. Um, I mean, if you think about a AAA budget game, it, it takes forever to make, takes a lot of people, takes a big company. Um, 
Whereas an indie title, you know, there are a lot of companies that make indie titles. They make tons of indie titles for phones. They make tons of indie titles for tablets, for Steam. There are indie games absolutely everywhere. So it only makes sense that there would be more indie games than there would be AAA first titles, uh, uh, excuse me, first party titles. That said, I also hope that what um, Yoshida was not saying is that this is what the Vita will be for. That it will just be for and all about indie titles. Um, because there is so much in AAA games that audiences really love. And um, while definitely there are always... There were, I think with, indie, with Sony's support of indies now, I think there were always going to be more indies just because there are so many indies to go around. But um, what I'm hoping doesn't happen is that Sony starts uh, shunning the possibility of creating more AAA first-party titles for the Vita uh, because it's so capable. I mean, look what it's got on it already, you know? So um, as far as what Gary had to say, yes, I disagree. I don't think Sony's giving up on the Vita. To me, that doesn't make any sense. They just, uh, they just released a new model. They just gave it a price drop. You know, they, they wouldn't do all of that if they were giving up on the console. Um, it's not... Yes, they've been marketing it as a peripheral, and I myself have expressed my distaste for how uh, staunchly they were doing that. But um, the fact is, it's been working. Because of that, so many more people now have a Vita than would have been if they hadn't done things that way. And what I've been hoping is that now they capitalize that and really bring that great contact content. Uh, indies are very capable of doing that. We have some great indies out there. To tell the truth, um, a lot of our, I've been saying this a lot, many of our AAA studios, Naughty Dog started as an indie studio. Insomniac is an indie studio. It just happens to be a really big one. Um, all of these big studios that we love come from indie level. Okay, you, you start there and you grow. So what's, what I really love about what Sony's doing is that they are helping foster the growth of the next Naughty Dog or the next Insomniac, the next Ubisoft, or whatever. You know, this, this is where, this crop of indie studios is where those next legendary developers are going to come from. So it's really good that they're doing it. And um, I hope that the Vita is successful in, in what it does with indies. But again, I hope that Sony doesn't shun the opportunity to make uh, a big name title in the future for the Vita. Because we've seen what can happen with things like Tearaway, with Persona 4 Golden, and um, we haven't seen a lot of it yet. I, I do notice that Sony isn't always very good at marketing things to uh, developers, such as Move. Um, I can pick out some really big problems with how they tried to get Move out there. And I don't think that developers who are so used to the way Sony works with its controller are really sure of what to do now with something that's completely different, completely new. So I think that's part of it as well. Um, but are they giving up on the Vita? No, they're not giving up on the Vita. They've spent too much money on the Vita to give up on the Vita, um, especially with uh, their financial situation. They don't want to give up on anything. They want success um, at this point. So it, it would be silly to just um, give up on, spend more money. I mean, look at their big loss. Um, there were some reports that uh, their losses for the last fiscal year went up to $1.25 billion or something. Some of that was them getting out of the PC market. They had to spend money to do that. They had to spend money to do all sorts of things. They don't need to spend any more money giving up on something else. So they need what, they're, what I 
I'm really confident they're trying to do is to push the Vita as much as it can without encroaching on the PS4 space. But um, again, I, I just hope that they take the opportunities to make strong content in the future. Well, everyone, that's Glenn's opinion on the Vita's future. Whether you agree or disagree with it, um, you can contact us at podcast at psu.com. Um, so we'll quickly go on to our next topic, which will be Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Um, just because I like to say words wrong, I'm going to say try and say the, ga- the game developer's name. Sorry if I've said this wrong, and sorry if I offend you, Square, but I want to have a go. Uh, in an in- E3 interview with Nova Crystallis, uh by the producer Na- Nakoi Yoshida, <laughs> I hope I got that right, basically they were talking about future content that they plan to have over the next few months, including the Fan Fest, which will be in October, October 25th for England, so I'm still, I'm still not sure. Um, and in August, there'll be a, uh, there'll be a Gamescom, and they'll be showing off 2.4, which will add Rogue and Ninja class, with a gun-wielding class coming not long afterwards. They also talked about possibly having other characters from previous Fantasy games in it, like possibly Cloud, um, which shouldn't really shock anyone. Um, and they plan to add Shiva eventually as well. Shiva? Shiva? <laughs> It's one of those words. Um, yeah. And they're also adding extreme versions of the second coil of Bahama, which, considering the fact that the coil was already ridiculously hard as it is, is going to make it ridiculously even harder. There was talks that the one of the bosses in the next extreme coil, or should I say brutal mode, as they're going to call it, um it has an effect that instinct makes you instantly blow up if you move forward a bit. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, it just blows you, you up? If you move, if you, it basically puts, it attacks you with a certain attack and you get a status effect on you and if you move while well, I've got that status effect on you, you blow up. Wow. Um, but there's no icon for that status effect. You just randomly get it. So you might be fighting the boss. Go, go to cover! You run to cover and you blow up. <laughs> well, that's um, just great. Well, it's because everyone kept complaining that the game is not hard enough. Yeah. So, so Square said, "Okay, you, you you think it's not hard enough? <laughs> we'll show you." <laughs> um, but there'll be no reward for beating this, except for the normal armor gear you'd get from doing the normal version. But you will get a bonus title. But titles don't actually do anything; they're just a title. Um, so. I, I don't see a problem with it because you know you're not missing anything if you can't do it. Yeah. Um, and they're adding a new version of PvP in 2.3, which will be July 6th, where it's a 7-2-2 player open well open, well open area fight with uh, I think it's 26 versus 26 versus 20, or something like that. Something stupid like that. Um, it's insane. Um, and the rewards will be PvP gear and soldiery. Um, so that's that's all their plans for the next few months. Of course, you've got the Crystal Tower stuff in 2.3 and the private rooms, your Chocobo stables. You've got quite a lot coming up soon. But we'll talk about that more in a, maybe a special Final Fantasy podcast. 
Ooh. Glenn, have you got any thoughts at all? No. Uh, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just haven't... You know I haven't played Final Fantasy very much, so it's... I mean, it all sounds really cool, but I can't, I can't honestly say much about what I don't really know, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I understand, but I, I had to ask anyway. <laughs> Thank you for including me. No problem. And Gary, are you excited? Uh, I am excited. I'm excited for the road class because I love dual wielding, and I need dual wielding in every game. So no, I'm I love dual wielding. Uh, Shiva, uh, I, I'm still baffled why she wasn't in the in the first version of the game. She's one of the oldest and original summons, so that just blew my mind that she wasn't there. Uh, and the fact that she won't be there up until probably late of the late this year, but um. The cloud thing, you know, I, I'm always a fan of introducing, of uh, like guest characters in other games. Uh, cloud, obviously, everybody's like, woohoo, cloud. I'd rather see other characters. Uh, <laughs> mostly, I think they do. They have a better job with the villains because they make more sense. You know, going and fighting Sephiroth or Kefka or Gobez, I think would be pretty cool. And it's perfect time for them to do it too. You know, create a little raid where you go through the final dungeon of. Final Fantasy 4 or Final Fantasy 6, doesn't matter. You fight like the big bad. I think those would be cool if they did those, but it'll probably be just a regular old fate that will last a week and then you can never do it again. I just thought it was the most awesome Final <laughs> Fantasy related fate ever. Yeah. What was it? Que oh, I can never say this guy's name. Quana? Quina? From Fantasy 9? Okay. Have the fate be you going around collecting frogs and then taking them back to him. Why would that be fun? <laughs> collecting <laughs> things. That's not fun. I want to <laughs> do it. Oh, God. Well, no, because there's fates already like that, but you can either pick the stuff that's on the floor or kill the enemies and they drop it. So, I, I would have it so that the he has gone to, I don't know, near Brayflocks because there's loads of frogs there. And the evil goblins have stolen all his froggies, and you got to kill the goblins to get him his frogs back. Maybe tie in the dungeon as well. There you go. There you go. Square just made you a, a fate. I, I, I don't know. I think my idea is cooler. Going through the final dungeon of older Final Fantasy games and fighting the big bad. Or I collect frogs. Yeah, go fight <laughs> Sephiroth so he can meteor storm your ass and kill you instantly. <laughs> BMOF uses a meteor, um, which instant kills you if he gets down to the ro uh, down to the timer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, that's just my opinion. But I know they'll do a little fate where you can probably complete it within three days and like the whole quest, and that's it. Well, no, the last few times they've done fates like that, they've staged over a week. Yeah, but that's just dragging that out. Either way. Dragon. Do that frog quest square. Anyway, let's let's go on to our pretty much our main topic of the week. This is our new story of the week, which might annoy quite a few people. In fact, it has annoyed quite a few people. <laughs> uh, the PlayStation Now beta leak confirms North American pricing structure. Uh, before we carry on with this, just remember that although these are the prices right now, this is a beta, and they will change eventually possibly 
they're also based on the publisher, not Sony. Sony has no control over the prices. It is up to the publisher to decide what prices they want. Uh, basically, uh, some of the games that leaked, like Saints Row is $4.99 or 90 days for $29.99. And basically, they're saying that the lowest price will be $2.99 all the way up to 29 Now, this sounds expensive to most people. It is expensive, I'll admit that. But chances are there's some games that I would I would only play for a couple of days or a week because I've beaten it and or I, I, I didn't like it that much. So if I could say pay five pounds to rent for a week, that fi- that's cheaper than fifty pounds. Because even if I trade it in, chances are I'll only get twenty five, maybe thirty pounds back, so I'll still lose fifteen pounds. Well, with this, I'll pay five pounds and play it for that week and see how much I like it. If I did like it, then maybe I'll use, I'll go and buy it. If I didn't like it, well, that's just five pounds and I had a chance to play it. Um, or I might even finish it in that week. You know. So, mm. but I don't see a huge. Uh, yeah, the twenty-nine is a bit ridiculous. But then you're renting it for ninety days. If you're gonna rent it for ninety days, chances are you might as well just go buy it. To be honest. I don't think you need a 90-day rental plan because if you're going to... It's just, just buy it. Come on, man. Buy it if you're going to play it that long. Um, but the smaller plans... I, I don't see the problem with $7. I used to pay that. I used to pay £6.50, I think it was, to rent for two days in Blockbusters. Um, so, yeah. I I have no issue with these pricings at all. Well, except for the 90 days, of course, but I just think that's ridiculous altogether. Um, Glenn, you got any opinions on this Absolutely. interesting topic? Sure. Um, a lot of people have been overreacting. <laughs> I chuckle as oh I say Oh my god, it. no! I, I chuckle as I say that because it's the gaming community which overreacts to absolutely everything. Um, but a lot of people have been overreacting to the prices because... Again, for one, this is a beta. And further, it's a closed beta. So we are in a stage where nothing is set in stone. We only have this information because some stupid company decided to leak that information that Sony specifically requested it keep quiet. Um, For this exact reason, I would imagine, because things are not set in stone yet. Things are still highly, highly subject to change. Um, So we don't know... How, we still don't know, even with this information, we still don't know what the prices are going to be. And we probably won't have a pretty solid idea until the closed, uh, excuse me, until the open beta later on this year. Um, uh, next so, month? Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't really get why everyone's overreacting. Um, it is, yes, the four ninety nine for four hours is pretty, I guess, expensive. But, you know, seven something for a week, that's good. And as for the whole 90-day thing, you know, you can beat an entire game in 90 days. And you could probably uh, get a a pretty, especially if it's a a newer game or a really good game, which tends to hold its value for a long time. Look at Super Smash Brothers. It stayed $60, like, years after it came out. Um, Even for games like that, you, you could get some really good value out of that. You could pay $30 and play the entire game within 30 days within excuse me within 90 days I mean that's a good deal I'm sorry um, 
I mean, let's face it, a lot of the time we play a game and then we put it down and we don't play it again. You know, that that's just how games are sometimes. So I don't see a problem with these prices as they are. Um, Sony isn't the one um, making the prices. It's the developers and the publishers doing that. So it's not like Sony's the one saying, hey, we have to charge everybody this much for it. Um, Sony's letting the developers decide it is their game and, and that is in line with their mantra I guess this generation uh, let the developers decide let everything be for the gamers etc um, so I, I don't see I really don't see a problem with this but um, the biggest message that I would have for everyone is before you freak out just wait until we have actual information um, actual information that isn't experimental and that's that's going to stick um, because we we still we don't know anything from this. We just don't know anything from this. Um, but the prices that that are there, I think, are fair. That's my opinion. Uh, Gary, I was expecting a bit more conflict than this, but uh, Gary, what's your opinion? <laughs> more conflict. Uh, um, to I don't know, like. It is a beta, yeah, so these prices aren't final. So I agree with you guys on don't get all angry and stuff, but I also think the the, the pricing structure to me... Oh, okay. So Sony allowing the publishers to set their own prices I think is going to be the biggest mistake. Um, and I know it's probably out of Sony's control of uh, to a certain degree on that, but I think we all know there's some companies out there that are just going to overcharge for everything. I mean, for example, Call of Duty, like the four-year-old, five-year-old Call of Duty some is still full price in some places, which I think is ridiculous. So who knows what, you know, Activision will charge for those. Um, my other problem is these are older games. You know, they're not brand new titles that are going to be going up there that fast. You know, a game is going to come out. I don't think it's going to be available for rent that same day um this is ps3 titles and probably ps2 eventually ps1 we'll see how the prices go on the ps2 and ps1 titles but the way i look at it most of these games you can probably buy and keep forever for the same price that they're charging you at that point you know you mentioned saints Row the third is 29.99 for 90 days yeah you'll probably be able to finish it for nine in 90 days but it's a fun game to play co-op so a lot of people want to continue to play that game through co-op past 90 days or you can go and buy that game right now for ten dollars so why would you pay thirty dollars for it for for a 90 day you know uh multiplayer games specifically you know you're not going to play that those multiplayer games probably for 90 days if you're really into it so you'll fork over thirty dollars and then oh this game is so much fun i'm gonna go buy it because i want to keep playing it so boom there's 60 more dollars you're gonna spend probably um, well, chances are by the time that 90 days is over, it'll be less than $60. It might be $30. Exactly. Uh, and But that means that way you've spent $30 to rent it for 90 days, and then you pay $30 to buy it, so technically you just only paid $60. Yeah, but that also depends on how new that game is. That's true. You know, if, if you're... Like I said, so far, PlayStation Now is kind of designed for some of the older titles. You know, I don't think they've said... Uh, if brand new titles are going to be available right off the bat. Uh, I know they just said PS3 titles for now, and eventually they're at PS2 and PS1 classics. 
Um, but, you know, to me, yeah, there are some games you can beat in three hours. There are some games that you just love so much you want to keep playing them that have multiplayer aspects. Um, I think some of the prices are fair, like especially the like the middle prices, like nine ninety nine to fourteen ninety nine for like thirty days or a week. But other than that, I think the high and the low prices are are too much, especially for what games they are. And again, it all comes down to letting the publishers decide what they're going to charge for those games. Because like you said, Nintendo hasn't dropped the price on their games ever, <laughs> you know? And there's going to be a lot of companies that do that. I, know. I, didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> well, you well, talked about Smash Brothers. I no. talked about Smash Brothers, but Smash well, Brothers was a game that held its value for a long time. Yeah, uh, but it's, not, it's, not, it's not the case that um, Nintendo never drops the prices of, their, of its games. They haven't dropped the price of any Wii U game that they've released so far. They're all full price stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I would not surprised considering the fact that not very many people have bought them or, or have bought a Wii U. But so is the Nintendo 3DS games here as well. All Nintendo 3DS games are still full price. You could, I think, the only thing is, yeah, you know, some of them have gone down like Super Mass. Uh, the original New Super Mario Brothers has gone down a little bit, but they're all pretty much full retail still here in the UK. I will say that it doesn't make a lot of sense for Sony to... Con- it just doesn't make a lot of sense for Sony to control the price of the developers' games at this point. Maybe if we were on the old... Maybe if we were still in the PS3 area, um, it, would make a- it would make more sense. But this is a company that has been preaching this message about letting um, the developers decide, about self-publishing, about good relationships with its developers. It would be completely against everything that they've been going for so far to then say, sorry, but we're going to control your prices for PlayStation now. Uh, that wouldn't make any sense. Um, and, and I think that would overall just kind of hurt, well, not very much, but probably hurt their relationships with those developers. Um, yeah. It's like, but, hey, you, you've, you've gone and, and done all, you've said all of this for us so far, so why are you now saying something completely different now that you have a new service out that you're trying to sell? You know, that doesn't work. Yeah, but see, the thing is, no matter what Sony says, the people who are angry, they're going to blame Sony, and it's all going to fall on Sony at the end. Well, which is sure, true. but that's because gamers can be stupid sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going to lie. Like, I, I hear all sorts of stuff. Whenever something happens, it's automatically uh, Microsoft's fault or it's Sony's fault, when really this whole industry is far more complicated than that. Um, as we're discussing right now, I mean, not everything is under Sony's control or Microsoft's control. So, I mean, we, we get a lot of this, especially with the whole console war thing, which I have been very clear in saying I think is absurd. Um, we, we, get all, we get all sorts of stuff like that all the time. And yeah, Sony's probably, and, and Sony is, facing a lot of, I guess, unpleased customers with its pricing. But that's just the way it is, you know. What can they do? They they can't they can't turn around now and say, "Hey, sorry, we know we said this before, but now it's going to be different because our customers think we're in charge." Um, there are, there are times when there are times when it's important to consider that, but there are times when you just can't. Well, either way, I I really hope PS Now does well because I I am excited for it. I really am. I'm excited for it, not for the... I know it sounds stupid. I'm not excited for it because of the PS3. Hell, I'm not even excited for it on the PS4. 
I'm excited for it on my beautiful... I'm going to pick it up as I'm saying this. I'm holding it in my hands, and I'm stroking it a little bit. I'm going, oh, you are such a beautiful LED. I love it for my Vita. Okay. I, I will love it for my Vita. One thing I will say is that I think that it is possible later on for new games to be available on the system. Uh, excuse me, on PS Now. Because, I mean, take a look at rental services like Gamefly, which regularly get brand new games to rent out to customers. So I don't see a reason why, when everything kind of settles down, they can't do something similar for... Well, um, we've still got some PS3 titles that are coming out, like Persona 5 and Naruto and Dragon exactly. Ball Z. You'll still see newish titles... Right. I say newish because they're still obviously for the previous generation. Mm-hmm. I think we'll still see like we'll see some cross-platform titles still appear on it. Um, like we'll probably see Assassin's Creed next year uh, still on the PS3 in some way or form, and chances are we'll see that on PS Now. Um, so we'll still see some new titles, and they do plan to have a subscription service like Netflix eventually as well, where you can pay a monthly fee. Games. And that's, I think, what they need right off the bat. I think people, hey, hey. when they announced it, I think people were expecting it to be monthly. I, I don't think people were expecting to be individual prices for certain days. You know, I think people were expecting, oh, monthly payment, and I can play all the games I want. Like, kind of pretty much how Gamefly has it. You know, you can, you pay a monthly fee, you can get as many games as you want, as long as you send them back. Well, there are limitations to what Gamefly does because Gamefly, you can only rent a, a certain amount of games at a time depending on how much you pay. So it's not like, you, oh, you pay monthly and, hey, give me your whole library of games. It's like, oh, no, yeah. yeah. You, you, have to, you, have to, you can only pick a certain game at a time, um, which in, in that regard, I think, makes this even, gives this even more potential because, yeah, there, there was some expectation for... Um, the, the subscription thing, but we haven't heard anything about the subscription thing. In fact, we haven't even heard anything about this thing. I mean, this isn't new. We expected there would be some kind of rental service as well. But this has only come up because I think it was PS4 Daily decided to leak all the prices. Uh, otherwise, this wouldn't even be an issue right now, and, and things would just be kind of as they were. So it, it's, not, it, it's not like Sony has now shifted focus and said, oh, we're going to do this instead. It's just that this is what happens to have come to light right now because of PS4 Daily. Yeah. And no, I, I want to say this. I don't think new titles will be part of the subscription service. I think that eventually we'll get PS4 titles on the on PS Now because they've said that they, we, they do plan to add them. Um, and I think when they do, we'll see older PS4 launch titles possibly being part of the subscription service. But any new titles will probably be Rent, uh, pretty much like how I think it's uh, I think Love Film in the UK does this or is it just Now TV where you can you, you can pay for a subscription service where you'll get loads and loads of old movies but if you want to watch the newer movies that have just come out you have to pay on top of the subscription fee so say you want to play Uncharted 4 on PS Now that literally just can't say it came out literally at that day literally day one it's PS Now you'll have to pay the subscription cost of renting it if you want to play that game. It won't be part of your monthly fee. Yeah. Personally, I don't think that I will take a lot of part in the whole renting bit. 
um, because I like to keep my games when I when I have the opportunity to. But as far as PS Now goes, the whole subscription thing, I could probably see myself subscribing to it eventually. Um, being able to play games that I probably wouldn't otherwise buy, um, just kind of see if I like them. Uh, a good way to try games out and make a decision. So um, I could definitely see myself using PS Now, but probably not the the rental thing. I don't even rent from GameFly to tell the truth. So, um, but I, I know of some people who would, and I know that GameFly is popular for a reason. So I guess we will see how Sony pulls this off. But yeah, def- calm down, definitely calm down, because we have no information yet, um, besides a, a random leak from someone who wasn't supposed to leak anything. Yeah, but I I will say I I personally don't see the prices changing dramatically from what has already been leaked. Yeah. Oh, I don't see much of a difference. Um, but I am still looking forward to it. In fact, I'm uh, I'm definitely not downloading it when it goes open beta next week. That's that's next month. Sorry, that's definitely not what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I'm certainly not doing that. Um, anyway, I, I we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I think that that'll do for our little topic of the week this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed the the PS now debate now um, well if you thought I'm correct and you think that the prices are, are super and I will throw my money at it now in fact I'll throw my wallet at the screen because that's how super it is then contact or if you think oh that's so expensive those are too expensive those are not what are you talking about you stupid British fool those are just too expensive then you should also contact us as well because we accept both sides of the argumental spectrum um, to contact us at PSU uh, podcast at PSU.com if you want to argue or agree with with my words because you should um, anyway I think we'll go on to our reviews which sadly I could only actually find one review for this week uh, which is a bit weird um, again sorry if I've missed any reviews I, I've looked and I've looked, I've looked my, with my eyes I've looked with my clicky clicky but there's nothing here Anyway, so this is by Dane, the buy my book right now, Smith. Uh, Hyperdimension Neptune are producing perfection review. They really wanted to to make me make those words wrong. Uh, summary. Oh, he gave it a 7.0, by the way. He says it's a fun piece of fan service. Okay, I'm buying it. Uh, for those who enjoy the Hyperdimension Neptuna series and management games, the amount of options in game are light, but the musical scores and humour make up for it. Um, we like the perfect quest by Ayana creates one of the best ending credits spoil the ending credits right don't you Dane Um, the great humour and references to game and Atoku culture and the top notch soundtrack we dislike the lack of options in game and too easy without added difficulties I haven't purchased this game yet but it's for the Vita it does look good, does sound good, does sound great I may purchase it uh, any any other opinions on this title, Gary? Um, I know the series. It's been around for a while. I'm actually surprised it's been around around for so long and it's still going. But uh, I probably won't purchase it because I don't think it has any of the cool features that the older ones have, where you can like create your own cool designs on the costumes and stuff like that. So uh, that's a shame. Yeah. 
Um, also, there is there is no difficulty set in, which kind of sucks. But I guess I guess I can see where they're going from because it is a Vita title. You don't want to get frustrated at a boss battle and lose everything because you're going to work. Yeah, but it is an RPG, and most RPGs, at least JRPGs, don't have difficulty settings. You just get the one. Yeah. So. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention this, even though we mentioned it last week, just because this is Mike, and it's always nice to mention him. Um, <laughs> because he's not here, and we miss him so much. Uh, and I think we covered this last week, but I I can't remember my brain not working. Um. Ultra Super Street Fire Sexy 4 review. <laughs> the that, definite version what's... of Capcom's seminal beat-em-up. Uh, summary, the Ultra Super Street Fighter 4 Turbo HD release Super Sexy refines Capcom's celebrated brawler to within... Oh, by the way, gave it 8.5. Uh, brawler to within an inch of its life with some great additions, making it a must-have for any hardcore fan. We like the title. The new characters are great. Balanced tweaks and various additions deepen the game's combat system. The most substantial, I think he said Silent Hill, we wish. Uh, Street Fighter 4 update yet. We dislike <laughs> various content is reused with Street Fighter X Tekken. Casual fans may not appreciate some of the more subtle, 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 subtle? I subtle. can't speak subtle. words. Subtle. Additions. Subtle. subtle. Yeah, there we go. That, that's the word. Um, basically, it's the sequel to. Super Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition, which was the sequel to Super Street Fighter 4, which is the sequel to Street Fighter 4. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, Capcom, man. Um, so, yeah. Uh, they've added some new ultras, some new characters, some new everything. It, it looks very nice. And if it was on the PS4, I might have purchased it. But I'll wait for Ultra Super Street Fighter 4 on the PS4, maybe. I don't, I, I don't I, know. I don't know. Like... All this stuff, you could have just released as DLC. All of it. Well, I think they have a DLC bundle. For you the upgrade... Street Fighter 4? No, you can upgrade your Super Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition. I should be able to upgrade my original Street Fighter 4 Edition. You can upgrade your Street Fighter 4 to the Arcade Edition and upgrade the Arcade Edition to Ultra. That's the we keep paying. <laughs> just pay one time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, Capcom, why do you do this? this... I, I, I think anyway, I can't remember exactly. Or is it... Or do you have to upgrade Street Fighter 4 to Super to Arcade to Ultra? I don't even know that you could upgrade it. I think you just have to keep buying it, because they don't have it as DLC. You can only get it with the game. Well, I know Arcade is DLC. I know that Ultra is DLC. I think you have to buy Super, though. We got, here in North America, we got Super... Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition for free on PS Plus. Yeah, so if you have that, you can then upgrade to Ultra. Yeah, that's not happening for me. And how much is it? Like $30 to upgrade it? No, I think it's less than that. One sec. I'll have a look. Uh, while I'm looking, you guys talk about the pricings and the, what you think of it. I think it's well... terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that was direct. Um... Me, I, I, I'm not a big Street Fighter person. I know Mike loves it, but um, I don't know. It means nothing to me, and its title sounds annoying, so I'm going to say pass on this one, but just for me. Why is there no just simple pricing? Um, Gary, what, what do you think? This doesn't exist. 
doesn't exist. I want it to exist. Just because you want um, it doesn't mean it does. <laughs> uh, $40? To upgrade? No, for the full edition. I can't work out. Oh, $15. The upgrade will $15. Uh, you have to either own Super Street Fighter 4 or Super Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition. Uh, no. Yeah. It should never happen. Yeah. I'm Sounds sorry. Sounds like a mess. <sighs> I yeah. just don't get it, man. Like, why does Capcom keep doing this? Because it's Capcom. They said they're not going to do it anymore. They said Street Fighter 2 was the last time they're going to do it. But no, here they go with Street Fighter 4. Uh, I'm going to wait until Hyper Street Fighter 4 Turbo on the PS4. Because <laughs> it's going to happen. It has to happen. It will happen. Capcom, I'm sorry. This is why you're being laughed at right now in Japan. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, I realize what it's going to be called. It's going to be called the Ultra Street Fighter 4 Championship Edition. This is yeah. a, your stock is for sale now. Congratulations. Because I'm giving them title names. Is the that, game came that... out in 2008. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every year there's been a new version. Oh. Okay. Well, I we'll, can we'll... feel the frustration. We'll, we'll, we'll leave this frustration. Right. We can't do Mega Man, but let's do Street Fighter four four, four times. <laughs> Well, it, it's it's in the name Street Fighter Four Four. If I just call it Street Fighter Four Four, that'd be that'd be. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Call of Duty could be called Call of Duty Model Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare Three, and eventually Modern Warfare Four, they could call this Street Fighter Four Four. Might as well. I mean, uh, how many versions of Call of Duty are there? Uh, so Street Fighter Four Four, that is the new title. We decided. Yes. It you is do know it's going to come out on PS4. I guarantee yeah. you there's going to be a PS4 version. <laughs> that would be, be at times they'd release the same game. That'd be Street Fighter 4 for PS4. Uh, uh, I'm done. Anyway, let's, let's <laughs> go on to... I'm not going to talk much about this because the embargo is the 23rd. Though, by the time I talk about this, it'll be the past. But it's, it's still in the future, so I'm breaking the embargo, but I'm not breaking the embargo. <laughs> yeah. uh, Timing! Timing is everything. Um, I'm not going to talk because I haven't even finished the review yet. Basically, I've been playing One Piece Unlimited World Red, and if you're a fan of One Piece, then I recommend this game. If you're a fan of um, sort of like RP uh, Monster Hunter style games, is the only way I could describe it, you, you, this is a game for you as well. Um, I'm actually going to give it a good score, actually. I, I hope you guys will read it when it goes live. When it had gone live. When it will go live, but has... But future past! <laughs> uh, so keep an eye out, but hope you kept an eye out. Enjoy the confusion uh, in the future. Yes. Past. Anyway, let's let's carry on. Um, so we're pretty much done with reviews this week. Uh, we've done our topics, so now let's 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 calm down a bit. Just have a breather. What have you been playing, Gary? I have been playing some Final Fantasy fourteen. <gasps> I've become a dragoon, which is pretty cool. 
I had to play as a Marauder, which is garbage. I don't know how people play with that thing. But um, been playing that. I've been playing some more Battlefield 4, mostly with my buddies. I don't play that game by myself because I just want to break my controller every time. Um, which it's still kind of fun. Sometimes not. Depends on the day and the server, I guess. And the moon and the stars and the... No, and, and like, <laughs> well, well, they introduced, like, the, the rent-a-server so people can buy their servers now. And uh. you just join in and they have their own stupid little rules, like, oh, no assault rifles, no shotguns. Oh, let's just do it only pistols on this ginormous map for 64 people to play, and you can only kill each other with pistols. What the hell is that? Who doesn't... Can, make a, can, can we make it can we completely customize the rules? I want a rule with only donuts. <sighs> like, you just get into those servers, and you don't do it by choice. You just do quick match, and it takes you to one of those servers. Only flowers allowed. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like Super Smash Brothers type flowers that light you on fire, or just flowers? It's just flowers. Okay. <laughs> That's, That's the best awesome. match ever. Yeah. Um, I'm Everyone still... has hay fever. You yeah. just have to knock them out with hay fever. That is the, the game mode. Hay fever. I call it hay rush. <laughs> hay rush. Then also... you should be a you should be a designer. For these games, it also has dinosaurs. Why? What did the dinosaurs do? Because you can you can you can distract them by feeding them flowers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Only the vegetarian dinosaurs. Only so vegetarian dinosaurs. They're, they're not they're carnivores. They're vegetarian dinosaurs. Yeah. The the carnivorous dinosaurs will just be like, "What the heck is this? A flower? What are you giving this to me for?" That, that's the mix-up because occasionally you can get eaten yourself by trying to feed a carnivorous dinosaur a flower. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You don't want to do that. Uh, anyway, sorry, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> I've also gone back and started playing The Secret World on my PC as well. But other than that, that's it. Ah, cool, Ben. And Glenn, have you been playing much this week? Yes, I have been playing Guard 3, which I have been reviewing. Um, I have also been playing uh, a lot of Guild Wars 2 and a lot of League of Legends as well. Um, League of Legends I have a love-hate relationship with because it's one of those games where a lot of people don't play because they just don't feel like dealing with a toxic community. And lately, uh, you, you, League of Legends has been getting much, much, much better, but lately it's been uh, kind of annoying. So... Um, a little, a little less of that, maybe, and a little more Guild Wars too. Maybe um, they should add some sort of flower mode to it. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's all they need—some flowers just to cheer everyone up. Whereas they say, as they say, um, as the Silvari say in Guild Wars Two, more violence. I say, less violence. See, they, they, see, they, Guild Wars obviously came to me for, for, for <laughs> the plot development. Yes, clearly. Back in 2012, they, they found Ben, and they said, what do we need? <laughs> and Ben was like, flowers. Flowers are what you need. They asked me why, I just responded with flowers, and they, they, they left in a confused state. <laughs> it was interesting. And that's how the Silvari were born. <laughs> wow. Amazing. 
That is sure what happened. <laughs> How about you, Ben? What have you been playing? Well, at the start of the week, I actually got back into Warframe a little bit. Uh, the new update added a lot of new content, so I'm happy with that. Um, uh, apart from that, I've been, well, they they did a new operation. I beat the operation. Basically, you had to uh, do cap the new capture missions. If you killed everything, you got a point. If you kill, but you had to make sure you killed everything without being spotted. And for some reason, a lot of people online don't understand the idea of not getting spotted. <laughs> uh. Uh, so I ended up doing the missions, the hard missions, on my own instead. So uh, I grinded all the way through that on my own to give myself the extra, yeah, the points because I couldn't be bothered putting up with all the online players that go. Oh, enemy, I'll run in front of him. <laughs> um, oh, there's a security camera. What, what happens if I run in front of it? Oh, the alarm goes off. Oh, okay then. Uh, apart from Warframe, I played some Pharmacy 14. I've hel I helped Garrett with a few dungeons. Uh, I helped my free company with a few dungeons. Um, that's pretty much what I've been doing. I haven't really touched much of my own content because Titan pisses me off so much. I just want to leave him for alone for a bit. You can have a rest. Um, yep. What's that, Glenn? I know how that feels. Uh, basically, when you fight Titan Extreme, every time you fight him, he he jumps up in the air and has a knockdown move. Well, it 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 has three sort of bars that can push you off, and you're instant dead. You can't be revived. That's it. You're dead for the fight. You get knocked off, and every time he jumps down, the arena shrinks. So. You've got barely anywhere to nowhere to dodge, um, and if you're a tank, the longer you tank, you have to swap between you and the other tank. Uh, every time he hits you, every t a couple of hits he hits you, you get a stack. If you get to five stacks, he automatically he kills you. No matter how much health you have, you're automatically dead. What? So you have to keep switching between tanks, you and the other tank, because over time the stacks go down. But while you're switching, you've also got to make sure he doesn't knock you off. It can also put you in a boulder that stops you from moving. So you've got to dodge the not the being knocked off. You've got to dodge the boulder. You've got to dodge. You make sure you you swap in time. And uh, every so often, he does plumes, which do about a thousand odd damage to anyone in them. But he does about six of them around the area. Now remember, the area shrinks down. So although the, at the start of the fight it's quite easy to dodge, by the end of the year, they pretty much cover the whole floor, the plumes. Mm -hmm. So it's ridiculous. Um, so I, uh, and, of course, uh, a lot of One Piece, because the game will ride Thursday, but the, the thingy's got to be written by Monday, so... Right. Been a lot of One Piece. Well, which I've laughed. I'm not going to lie, all of that just sounds like a pain. Titan, yeah, he's a pain. Yeah. But what's nice is from 2.3, you don't have... Oh, I've got hiccups now. Nope, careful. Uh, from 2.3, you do not have to beat him anymore. So from July 6th, you can actually carry on with the content without actually having to beat Titan. Yeah. Uh, you'll be able to do your Leviathan Extreme and your Moogle Extreme without fighting Titan, which is a blessing. But with Leviathan, it's the same sort of aspect where he can knock you off. But it's a lot easier than Titan because... With that, basically, Leviathan goes underwater and comes up the other side. 
Well, the other side tips the ship. So what you do, you just run to the side that he's coming out from. That's it. It's a lot easier. Oh, simple enough. Yeah. Because then it'll knock you back, but because you're at the other side, you only get knocked back to the middle of the ship. Right. Um, but if you're dead, you get knocked yeah. off completely. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's not as hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, Final Fantasy fourteen, One Piece, and Warframe. And I'm gonna admit, I'm probably gonna spend more money on Warframe. No, no. I, you wouldn't no. be Ben. You wouldn't be Ben if you didn't. I don't think uh, you would be Ben if you didn't. Uh, Gary, what were you gonna say? I'm saying no. You know, I'm gonna call Digital Extreme and be like, <laughs> "You need to ban this chilly guy from your game. He's hacking." <laughs> yeah, he's he's had enough. We don't want to send him home too tipsy. He's had uh, enough. They're, they're adding my favorite Warframe as a Prime version, Loki Prime. And they're adding the the most awesome rubbish weapon in the game as a prime version. What? Hey, you want to buy the most rubbish weapon in the game? I want it because I I had it before, and now they're making a prime version, which is amazing. You're you're killing me here, man. You're you're the Street Fighter guy. You're the guy who buys Street Fighter every time it comes out. Anyway, <laughs> this this is probably going to be about forty quid for the, this uh, this package. So it's like four games you can buy then. In the England, no. 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 Anyway, so I'll probably buy this Loki Prime pack when it comes out here, whenever it comes out. Uh, they've also got a scarf pack that comes out next week for us, so I'll probably buy that as well. £5 for an exclusive scarf. Deal. Amazing. Because um, I'm sad. <laughs> I am very sad. Uh, yeah. Actually, to be honest, what's nice is if when you buy, uh, when well, it's not, it's not, it doesn't exist anymore. But when they had the Nova pack for 120 pounds, which I purchased, uh, if you purchase, if you had purchased that when it was out, Digital Extremes actually emailed you and told you thank you. Wow, that's yeah. nice. I, I like when they do personable things like that. Yeah, they sent you a letter to say, yeah, thank you for supporting the game. Your your contribution helps us a lot, blah, blah, blah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty nice of them. That is pretty cool. I did just spend 120 quid on the game. Yeah, but... exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> at least you can do, you know, yeah, say Give me a little email. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, Warframe probably. Um, but I am thinking about buying a Nintendo Wii U. So am I. You know, I'm actually thinking more about getting an Xbox One before a Wii U. Because right now the Wii U still doesn't have any games that I want a Wii U, that I would just buy a Wii U for. But um, the Xbox One, there are some games on it that I would really like to try out. Uh, And more, I guess, specifically games coming to it. Right now there isn't that much for it that I'm that interested in. But um, Sunset Overdrive, Fable... Um, scale bound. I'm interested in those games, so I'll. I, I think I will eventually grab myself an Xbox One when I get well, money. <laughs> well, I buy my Wii U in two weeks. So. Oh well, look at that. Yeah, I, I, I've worked out how much money I have spare, and I, I'll be able to buy a, a Wii U. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll be. So it'd be interesting to see. I, I'm looking forward to playing Mario Kart. Um, in fact, uh, Bayonetta. Mario Kart, Bayonetta, Hyrule Historia, Le- uh, Luigi U, Super Mario Brothers 3D World. I, I kind of like all those games, so the Wii U is kind of my... 
but I'm excited for it mm -hmm. in a way. Um, but I won't talk too much about that because this is, you know, a PlayStation podcast. But uh, go Wii U. I mean, um, so that's what we've been playing. I think we're going to wrap it up now. We finished the rambling of the words. Um, Glenn, how can how can these wonderful listeners contact you? If you would like to speak to me, you can do so by reaching me on Twitter at goglen underscore at G-O-G-L-E-N-N underscore, or you can email me at glenn.gordon at psu.com. Of course, don't forget to follow us on iTunes, where you can get both us and Racial Diversity Gaming Hour, I promise, it's a fun podcast, downloaded to all of your iThings automatically. Um, of course, for the greatest news in PlayStation gaming, keep it at psu.com. And Gary, how can they contact you? They can contact me at Gaglaush, that's G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H on Twitter, or you can email me at Gary, that's G-A-R-R-I, at PSU.com. Uh, that is very good. And you can contact me at uh, Chili underscore UK or Ben.ShillerBearHall at PSU.com. Or you can contact all of us with your words at P uh, podcast at PlayStationUniverse.com or... or our new sexy opened up just recently but hasn't got a logo yet super sexy Twitter account called PSU underscore Unchained where you can contact us on Twitter I know even more <laughs> Twitteries uh, and you should follow us as well of course yeah um, and Glenn have you got any shout outs to you to the fans no Oh. No, <laughs> I'm saying. just kidding. They, uh, thank you guys for listening, as always. Uh, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be, of course, we wouldn't be anything without the fans, without the, the listeners. So uh, thank you, and uh, keep listening. Tell your friends, and we will continue to bring more content. And hey, our content will be even better if you contact, if you just head to Twitter or email or something and tell us what you want to hear. We'll be yeah. happy to bring it to you. Even if it's just like, oh, that guy's too British. Maybe, yeah. maybe have Glenn host one week. Who knows? I already host RDGH. Well, we might have Gary. Uh, fine, we need a Russian to host. Oh, okay. we'll have Gary. Hey, you're yeah. the best in the world to host. I don't know. Yeah, I, I believe in you, Gaza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Gary, I know you said Gaza for a second. But Gary, have you got any people to shout out to? Uh, just the usual. The fans. Thanks for listening. Like always. Um, my friends, they are, they know who they are, and you guys for having me on. Thank you. No problem. It's always good to have you on. Yeah. I want to make a shout out to the usual fans of Crimson, Chin, Shahid, all the people that are listening right now. Thank you, Wolf, for putting up for with an hour and almost an hour and twenty minutes of of me. And I'm, I'm apologising, but you're probably going to hear me next week as well because Mike is still on holiday. Um. So, uh, ho it'll probably be me hosting next week as well. But, thank you all for listening. And thank you all for joining us. But I think most importantly, I think I think most important fact of all this is, you should all, you should just, should all, thank God, for me, 